ridiculous. What's going on, everybody? What? Well, 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 if it isn't the Philly Experience Podcast, I'm Tanner Martin. Right there alongside me is Tyre Hood. And maybe next week we'll get the gang back together. Um, this is adult life now, Tay. I mean, Tay, you were living that adult life a little bit before Max and I. Uh, you're a family man now. Yeah, pretty uh, much. Yeah, pretty much. And um, Max got that adult uh, job. I recently got an adult job over, made my move over to West Virginia. Hey. Um, a little bit of news with that. But, yeah, we're back talking sports, Tay. It's been so long. But uh, it's been a stretch of some second place uh, business going on. Uh, I'm sure we all really know what I'm talking about. But just diving in, just uh, ripping that Band-Aid off. It's started out with the union uh, <laughs> losing in the finals. It really did. I think like it's all their fault, out? really. I personally didn't watch a lot of that season, but I knew they lost in the big game. And that was like, what, one or two days before our Philadelphia Phillies, which was completely random that they went to the World Series. Yeah, that was uh, But they, they did, and they 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 lost to the Astros. They came in second place as well. The Eagles, this one this one hurt, T. I'm still hurt over this one, T. I, I, I wake up thinking about it. I go to sleep. Uh, oh. My nightmares are, are filled with uh, the Eagles losing the oh. Super Bowl after being the – so for me, most powerful team. So for me, there's one silver lining to them losing, if if there is one. Um, so me, my wife and I apparently had a bet. So as everybody know, um, my wife is pregnant. I got a little girl Woo! coming. So <laughs> we already had a name established, but we decided to do a bet, and the bet was if the Eagles won, she would be named after our quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Seeing oh, as though they lost, wow. I didn't want that. Me personally. I wanted to keep the name that we originally came up with and thought of. So with the Eagles losing, I don't have to, you know, compare my daughter to my quarterback, thankfully. Yeah. So there's that. Yes. But, yeah, other, but, yeah, everything else stuck. Yeah. It, it, and then even Team USA came in second place, Tate. I mean, that, that's a country uh, coming in second place. It's ridiculous. But uh, they lost to Japan. That was a very exciting run uh, Team USA had. I know a lot of people – it's weird because a lot of people expect – uh, USA to win like every year, but really they're not. I think Japan is the most winning team when it comes to the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, pretty much. Um, well, and there's a lot of teams that win and and can beat Team USA. I don't want people to go in expecting, you know, oh they didn't they didn't win. How didn't they win at their own game? A lot of countries play baseball. Yeah, I was about um, to say baseball. <laughs> we American we just know sport. American baseball because we're here in exactly. uh, in America. Um. But a lot of talented people, of course, in our league that play for their their country um, in that. And then, you know, the Flyers, I, I wasn't even going to bring them up because they wish that they could come in second place, but they stink. Uh, they're on the brink of Shut being your, sold. Yeah. Um, and I guess we'll see how the Sixers go because I wouldn't be surprised if they got bounced in the second round again. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they made it to the finals and they lost because – why not just put Philly through another <laughs> more more torture? Man, uh, that seems like that's what the sports gods want right now. But our topics for tonight's show um, are going to be the Phils, the start to their season, 
Um, the Sixers approaching the playoffs. They're playing their second to last game right now. They're in overtime um, as we record this episode. Um, the NFL draft, uh, T, it's going to be you. You're, you're taking the reins on this conversation. I want to pick your brain All right. uh, about what do you think the Eagles are going to do and some other league topics. We got Lamar Jackson. I mean, that's craziness. What's going on with that situation? Um, I, I didn't really know if I wanted to talk about this gentleman, but Cam Newton. Uh, he's been making some um, appearances in the media lately. I know we're um, And it's just interesting to see um, two two quarterbacks, two different really levels of play at this point. Yeah. Um, one guy is trying to come back into the league, and and one guy is really being uh, treated unfairly, in my opinion. Ah. Um, in the league. Um, I don't know if you have a different opinion on that, but we'll get back to that, T. Let's start with the Philadelphia Phillies, who began their season against the Texas Rangers, who might just, maybe they're a World Series team. We don't know yet, T. Maybe we don't have to panic about being swept by the Texas Rangers. No excuse, I agree, being swept uh, by any team. But the first game of the season, Do we know it's the hard? Phillies, it seemed they had it in their, it was, it was it. That, it was a good start to the season, uh, the first half of that game. And then madness ensued. Eleven to seven, the Phillies lost that first game. Second game, all right. Um, they're they're catching up. Maybe um, they lose sixteen to three. Sixteen to three. This is a baseball game we're talking about. And the third game, it was a closer game, but they got swept by the Rangers. That last game, they lost two to one. They had a series against the Yankees. Uh, they lost two of three. And then they started their home series uh, opening day at Citizens Bank Park um, against the Reds, who it was initially supposed to happen uh, the day before. It actually did happen. They got to win 5-2 to two, thanks to Trey Turner's base running, Kyle Schwarber, um, Marsh, uh, Sosa even. He, he went long. I mean, that was – he knew it right off the bat. Um that was gone, but um, Trey Turner, two of five, uh, he was accountable for two of those runs. Kyle Schwarber, one of five. Um, of course, that's a home run. Uh, I believe that was a home run for no it, JT Romuto got that home yeah, run. Was- actually, sorry, um, Kyle Schwarber hit the fence, and that's how yeah. um, a run uh, came in. And, and Castellanos, T of all these guys right now. Um, who do you think it's going to be their season? Because we have Reese Hoskins, of course, out for the whole season. Derek Hall came as a surprise to me. I didn't even realize he got injured, but he's out for like four to five months. Yep. Uh, Reese Hoskins replacement. Yep. So now we have um, uh, Cody Clemens came in up from uh, Lehigh Valley. Who's the guy this season that everyone's going to be following, rallying behind until Bryce Harper comes back? And that's a good question. Um, I'm, I'm on record. Uh, on WIP of saying that of all the players that's, you know, currently on the team, um, the biggest expectation that you have to have for any one of them is probably Nick Castellanos. And that's because I agree of the fact that, you you know, you, you pay him a hundred million dollars last year and you look at the way he performed last year. He did not perform up to a hundred million dollar status. He just didn't. Not at all. He, he was a liability in the lineup. He was an automatic out basically. I mean, it, it, he was he was absolutely horrible. No plate discipline whatsoever. And it, it's a little, 
So even though it's still early on, we're only like four or five games in, but it, it is encouraging to see Nick Castellanos kind of make contact with the ball and he's hitting it opposite field and he's getting some base hits. That's encouraging for me to see because that's what this team is going to need. This team is going to need every ounce of, you know, every ounce of effort that they can get until Bryce Harper returns, until, you know, they shore up some things because, I mean, losing, you already lost Reese Hoskins. I mean, that's that's 30 bombs right there, you know, on average yeah. per year. That's 30 bombs right there yep. gone. And then Derek Hall gets hurt. So now you're, now you're searching around for a first baseman. So, this team's already behind the eight ball, you know, in terms of injuries, and now they're behind the eight ball in terms of their record. I mean, and and this is just my personal opinion. The Phillies can't afford to be behind the eight ball. You already have two powerhouses in your own division with the New York Mets and the Atlanta Braves. And the likelihood of you coming out of your division, at least winning your division, it, it, it's slim. It, let's be honest here. It's slim. Division's tough, especially this year. Right, the division Um, is tough. And then, you you know, now you're aiming for one of those wild-caught spots, and that's not always guaranteed either. So this team can't afford to be behind the eight ball. They really need to get themselves together. Yeah, Castellanos, uh, he only does have four hits, but it just feels like he's more on uh, than he was, you know, all throughout last season, really. And it's weird because... If you go back and you watch those playoff games, um, it's it's weird because it felt like every broadcaster was on Nick Castellanos' side. Oh, don't worry. Next year when he gets everything all fixed, he's going to be money. Um, yeah, he's not the hitter he used to be. But and why should it's we have weird. to wait until next year? Like, that's my thing. Like, why wait next year? You're paying him $100 million now. Why do we have to wait till next year? Right, you had it's weird the expectations, um, how different they are for uh, certain players, and you can understand some. Like when Bryce Harper was signed, he was expected to be right on, right, right away from first game until last game of the season. He was supposed to be that guy. Nick Castellanos comes in, and they're like, "Oh yeah, adjustment year. He just needs an adjustment year." It's it's weird. Um, it is very weird. But Trey Turner, um, now he hasn't hit a home run yet. Um, he might be a little tired out. Uh, from that World Baseball Classic run he was on. I believe he hit the most home runs. I believe so. Um, ever, I think. Um, in a span of time, it's just um, those huge home runs. So he hasn't had a home run yet, but that guy is absolutely fast as lightning around the bases, T. I don't know if you've been watching him when he runs around the bases, but it almost seems like by the time he passes third base, he just needs to jog because he knows he's going to get there on time. He'll be at first base. There'll be uh, a double, and he'll definitely be home. And, that's, uh, and he just slides with such swag. He's a fun player to watch. And that's the reason why a lot of people, you know, have Trey Turner projecting to, you know, steal a lot of bases, especially yeah. in this offense. I mean, he can already get on base at a pretty high percentage rate. And that's the one thing that was lacking probably from last year's Phillies team was that that ability, that guy who would go out there and steal bases. I mean, Bryce Harper tried, but Bryce Harper doesn't have Trey Turner's speed. Uh, you know, he was aggressive, but he doesn't have he, he doesn't match straight turn of speed. So now you have somebody that has that actually is a a leadoff guy. And that yeah. and that's just encouraging to see. So, I, you know, going into the season, it's not to say, you know, that the expectations are high. They, they're still high at the end of the day. But, you know, it it, it helps to have a guy like Trey Turner on your squad. It really does. You already have a whole bunch yeah. of 
a guys who can, you know, hit dingers out of the park. And now you just yeah. have a guy that can just put pressure on the pitcher in terms of, you know, a guy that can steal bases. And that's just, yeah. that's just icing on the cake. A great leadoff guy, that's for sure. He has 10 hits. I'm accountable for, uh, I believe it's two runs so far, but also with 10 hits is Stott. Mm-hmm. Um, he's stepping up. And I thought Alec Bohm started the season very strong, too. He's making contact. He as went well. yard. Um, yeah. Uh, Schwarber, of course, he's going to be the guy with the most home runs so far and probably um, the rest of the season. But um, yeah, Bohm, he put on a bunch more muscle. Um, you can see um, he's been working on his game at third base. And when we lost Reese Hoskins, um, as the Sixers just narrowly beat the Atlanta Hawks, um, this just in final score, 136, 131, uh, without their starters. So that's good. Um, especially with a team that's had issues with the bench and, um, concerns going to the playoffs. But anyway, we'll get to that. Um, the Phillies right now, uh, they need to step up. Everyone does, um, because losing Reese Hoskins, not only you lose a first baseman, you lose, as you mentioned, that bat. Powerful bat. Also, there was thought about maybe moving Alec Bohm to first base. This this was talk in the um during spring training, still the, that last game, or or moving some infielders around. And that's hard to do. Um, especially at that point, probably would only have one spring training game where they would get adjusted to that before the season started. Very last minute. Um, this team can go out and get free agents uh, and can pick up guys. I think they're trying to work with the the cast that they have. I mean, they're picking guys up like uh, Cave. They're bringing guys up. Um, um, what's that other guy? Is it a Pash? Pat? Yeah, I, know I forget. About um, yeah. uh, they brought him over. Garrett Stubbs, he's a good backup catcher. Um, so there are guys who you can plug in every now and then, but um, this team needs needs that life um, from Reese Hoskins that he'll only be able to produce from the bench now. And I know he hasn't been the best defensive guy. And it's weird because after the World Series run, they were like, all right, this was the last season of Reese Hoskins. Everybody was playing for his head. Yep. Yeah. Yep, and now he, they bring him back. I believe that was a two-year, so next year is his uh, prove-it year, which is – that's a lot more pressure because, first of all, he's coming back after missing a whole season, and then, you know, he's got to make it go good. But I think the other guy to watch will be Brandon Marsh. I just think mm-hmm. with the fan, uh, the, the fan attention that he gets, um, and how we need that center fielder, we need a, a good center fielder. We brought him in. He made a few mistakes at the end of the se- regular season. But he could produce um, hits, and I feel like he handled clutch time pretty well. Um, so just watching him for a full season uh, as a Phillies player, uh, I think that's another guy I'll be watching. Yeah, that's definitely a guy to, to, to watch, especially in center field. Um, I know he made, he made a, he made his impact in in the first game against the Cincinnati Reds in the season opener. So. And that's that's another guy that's going to have to step up, especially at the bottom of the lineup where there's not as much power. You know, guys might struggle for contact down there. So somebody needs to, you know, stand up from that crowd. Yeah, they brought in Josh Harrison, too. I believe he's injured. He's got an ankle injury. He has one hit uh, so far. He hasn't really produced. But uh, just bringing those guys in, those uh, utility guys, those guys that, 
uh, when those big when the sluggers need some rest, you you put these guys in, and hopefully they can fare for themselves. T. But still, every season, every single season, we talk about who's after that number two guy on the mound. Every season, I did think Walker did pretty well for himself. Uh, I did think he held his own. But what happened to Aaron Nola? T. I season after season, I have been saying Aaron Nola isn't this ace that we make him out to be. And I don't care if this sounds dramatic right now. Uh, I know it's just the beginning of the season, but this this isn't just about this season. It's about we talk about this guy, the Phillies are paying this guy, and he's up. I believe he should be getting paid next season. And I've saw I've seen his fans say give him his money already. I just don't think we've seen in the regular season, he did him and Zach Wheeler. They they did great job in the playoffs. Right. But when it comes down to games before that, games to get us the Phillies in that position, it just I don't know. To you. he comes up flat so often to me. It feels like it's unfortunate because for years upon years, um, the debate has always been is Aaron Nola an ace, and my position has always been well. If you have to discuss it every year, it's probably not an ace, and that's always been my position. Um, yeah. you know, the years that I've been at WIP, I've, I've made that same argument and I've explained to people, I'm like, look, if we have to sit here and we have to discuss whether or not a player is what we want him to be, he's not what we think that he is. And that's unfortunate. I mean, it, it, and it is what it is. We just need to, um, we, we just need to compartmentalize that in our heads. He's not mm-hmm. an ace. He's a solid number two, really good number three guy. And that's fine. It's okay. You got an ace. You know, you, we don't yeah. have to go back to the days of the four aces. We don't. We li- no. Listen, and for Aaron Nola to demand the contract, I guess, that he demanded going into the season and not, you know, going into the season with this um, with only one year left on his contract. I mean, if you if if the simple fact that the Phillies didn't give him the money that he wanted. For to me, that speaks volumes because that to me that tells me that the organization doesn't view you the same way that you view yourself. So, right then and there, that that tells me you know all I need to know about who he is. And yeah, I, I, and I also I, I said this on a show, one of the shows that I produced. If you look back at over Aaron Nola's career and you look at his ERA, you will see that he will have a good year every other year. One year he's mm-hmm. good. One year he's bad. One year he's good. One year he's one year he's bad. Last year he was good. Guess what he's projected to be this year, just based off of that information. Yeah, and I, you hear it. I get it. Twenty eighteen, Aaron Nola was great. Uh, he was an all star. Right. Um, he had what was his record? It was seventeen and six. Uh, he had an ERA of two point three. Um. But after that, he's yeah, exactly. He's a fifty percent pitcher, fifty uh, percent wins losses. Uh, he was like five and five, nine and nine. Uh, last season, he was eleven and thirteen. And it's just, I get that we as Phillies fans see his bad games more because we're watching every game. Um, and when you pull up his numbers, he's not an awful pitcher, of no, course. No. But I think that people think he is so much more better than what he actually is. And sometimes he gets saved by, weirdly, gets saved by the bullpen. Sometimes he gets pulled out in situations where can he go 
uh, six innings. Can he be a six-inning pitcher? Um, and I, I don't know. I think we're on the same page with this take. Yeah, I think we are, honestly, at the end of the day. I mean, I, I think he I think he getting cold. I mean, he's proven that he can go past six innings. I mean, that's not the issue. The issue is, is he consistent enough to go past those six innings and still have confidence in him, still have confidence that he's going to, you know, hit the ball into the strike zone and, you know, get players to miss. That's the big thing. That's always been the issue with Aaron Nola. I just don't have that confidence in him as an ace. And that's okay. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. And do we want him to be an ace? Of course. Um, I'm sure some people consider him an ace. It's just, in my opinion, I, I really, I do think that it's just a little bit overrated um, in the conversation. Zach Wheeler, um, to me, can be a better pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he, I think I trust Zach Wheeler more than Aaron Nola. Yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely. Um, that there, yeah. There's no debate about that. I, I always expect a win out of Zach Wheeler, and that's you know, that's just that's that's expected out of an ace, Aaron Nola. Yeah. I, I just don't know what to expect going into the game. I just don't. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. And the Phillies will play the Reds again um, tomorrow, uh, Saturday at four oh five. And who's on the bump for that one, T? Do we know? I do not know at, off the top of my head. All right, we'll figure that out. In a sec- oh, I think it's um, Falter. Oh, it's Billy Falter. Um, he, yeah, he'll be on the mound. Um, so moving on to the Sixers. They just beat the Hawks. They got one more game of the season left, and that's against the Nets. Um. So, what do you think about the Sixers right now, T? Do you think that this is a team that can go far into the playoffs, or is it their bench that's going to get in the way again? I mean, it, they haven't proven that they can get past the second round so far, and they haven't really improved the roster, especially from the bench standpoint, you know, to, to where I feel confident in them going past the second round. So, with all that being said, I, I just based off of history, I don't see them going past the second round. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't have the confidence in them that they can do so. Yeah. Um, Joel Embiid. He uh, a couple games ago had this was one of the craziest basketball games I've seen against the Celtics. The ending, the last like two minutes, it seems like the game's over. There's a foul. Uh, the Celtics could tie it. Um, but Joel Embiid, 52 points up against a strong uh, a Celtics team. Half of, the, uh, that, half of the team's points. Yeah. Um, Doc Rivers called the uh, the conversation over, saying Joel is the guy. Does this feel different than the other the past two seasons of the conversation? To you? Because first season, uh, Joel misses like the rest of the regular season games. Okay, that's, you know, it's over. He can't win it. Last season, he did miss a couple games, but you're like, still, I think he should still win. Jokic is going to get back-to-back. That's crazy. And then this season, they were talking about a three-peat for Jokic. I I just, I think Joel Embiid should finally get his roses, but it's weird because he talks so against it, T, and I'm afraid that the journalists in charge of the voting process, I think that's going to tick them off. I mean, if you did everything that you could – to get MVP, 
just to always fall short or, or for people to make excuses as to why you shouldn't get the MVP, MVP or why you didn't get the MVP, you know, you would talk down on the process as well. And I, as a matter of fact, I'm actually happy that he has. I'm, I'm happy that he's shifting his focus from trying to win the MVP to winning an NBA championship, according to his words. I'm happy that he shifted that because uh, yeah. I just felt like I always felt like the MVP was always like one of those individual awards. And it's like in a, in a way now it's a popularity contest and everybody knows it at the end of the day. So with all that being said, MB just needs to focus on get, getting that NBA championship and securing his spot in history as one of the greatest NBA big men to ever walk the face of the court. Yeah. And with this win, I'm pretty sure the East's kind of playoff um, picture is is set for the most part. You know, you have those play-ins, but um, I believe it'll be the Heat in Atlanta. The winner will face uh, the Celtics in round one. Uh, the loser will play host to the Toronto-Chicago winner. Um and then that'll decide who meets up with the Bucks in the opening round. But the Sixers and the Nets uh, will play each other in round one, along with the Cavaliers and the Knicks. Um, they'll be playing each other as well. What do we feel, uh, first reaction to this matchup, T? I'm not scared of the Nets. I mean, they their their team has just been completely dismantled. Fell apart. It, it, yeah. it's, it's done. Like the the legacy of the Brooklyn Nets is absolutely done. It's cooked. It's over. And so it lasts too long, the, right? And so at the end of the day, like it, it's, I'm not scared of the Nets. I mean, hell, even Ben Ben Simmons is is on the outs with the Nets. If if they could, they would get rid of him right now if it wasn't for the fact of his contract. So at the end of the day, hell, it's over. It's over for the Nets. Yeah, definitely. Ben Simmons is scared of the Nets though, in a different way of playing for them. Um. It's just he doesn't want to play basketball anymore. No, that's what it seems. Uh, I, you know, he could really have that physical problem, but still, it's still uh, he's had it looked at so many times, and this is still happening. Yes, um, I'm no doctor, but um, but yes, the this great giant Brooklyn Nets team that was and only will be was they they never will go down in uh in history as winning really anything um it was james harden kyrie irvin kevin durant all those guys surrounding him and brought in ben simmons and that didn't even get to he didn't even get to play with those guys because as we know james harden came over for ben simmons um kyrie left went to the mavs kd to the Suns, which is really cool um in terms of just basketball as a whole um, but you just leave Seth, poor Seth Curry over there, um, Ben Simmons on the bench, and just those guys and the fan base too. They had so many high expectations. Yeah, um, yeah, it's unfortunate, and of course you would have high expectations with a squad like that. But too many egos. I mean, and and this just goes to show that you 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 can't put just always put together a bunch of superstars and expect to win. You know, you have to really figure out how to mesh those different personalities, those different egos together in order to accomplish what you need to accomplish. Yeah. Uh, Joel Embiid averaging 33 points this season. He will be getting the scoring title. I believe the person that was behind him was Luca and they're, 
they closed him out for the season. Uh, he was only playing a uh, sparing amount of of uh, minutes. I that whole Kyrie situation is is interesting because I do think they're going to sign him on again and, and see how those two can kind of run it back. But uh, this league is is mixed up, and you have to look at those Suns. Um, but going in the East, T, is, are the Bucks the team that you really have to circle and worry about? I would say the Bucks, and I would say the Celtics as well. I know the Celtics, you know, are, you know, on a kind of sort of slump, as I guess you could say. But at the end of the day, I mean, they're still dangerous. I mean, last year you don't you don't go to the NBA Finals for nothing if you're you know. The Celtics are still oh, a yeah. threat in the East. So, no, I don't overlook the Bucks, but I don't overlook the Celtics either. I do like that they could be potentially playing the Miami Heat, though. Yes. Uh, in that first round. That's interesting because uh, you have a healthy Miami Heat team, uh, if they're all healthy. Uh, Jimmy Butler, playoff Jimmy Butler against Different. that Celtics team who Different. has been the, – the coaching has been a little – uh, week at times that we saw in the Sixers game, but also we saw the fight that that team had in them um, and their mentality and their IQ uh, to really stick in that game, even when there were seconds left and and, and draw those fouls and, and make those plays. Um, the Sixers made some mental mistakes and hopefully they, they can clean those up. Um, but yeah, the, the Heat, if the Heat, uh, I believe if the Heat beat, um, the Hawks. I think that's that's how it's going to work out with that playing tournament. They'll play the Celtics, but yeah, um, definitely want to get all those uh, challenging teams out the way and, and make the path as easy as possible for the Sixers. But do you think that bench is going to be a problem? Yeah, definitely. The bench is yeah, the bench is going to be a problem. They don't have enough scorers on that bench. I mean, do you really have confidence going into a playoff series with, with George Niang coming off the bench? I mean. Yeah, the only consistent one you can rely on is De'Anthony Milton, and he doesn't even get enough minutes, you know, at the end, you know, in each game. So, yeah, hell yeah, I'm worried. Yeah, um, you, right. You have guys like Niang, uh, Maxi. Uh, he should be all healthy and ready to go for the playoffs for the Sixers. Um, did you like Maxi coming off the bench? Um, and and having that role. Um, I thought he was effective. Um, it was definitely something that I think that he thrived in, but um, I, I it's hard because at the same time you need that boost off the bench, but at the same time I can see how effective he was. You know, also in the starting lineup as well. It's it's yeah, those young guys like uh, Jaden Springer as well. Doc Rivers has talked about him. Uh, coming up and, and being able to be a big part in the playoffs because you know how that roster um, extends uh, when you get in the playoffs. But Tobias Harris and James Harden, key pieces to helping Joel Embiid um, advance pe- past the second round. I mean, those guys have to be on. They have to be playing like they were in their prime. They have to – James. I'm not – I don't want James Harden to be – you know, I don't expect him to play MVP caliber James Harden, but I expect him to be more than just – the role he's been playing so far. Yeah, um, with James Harden being that guy, the number two to uh, Joel Embiid, uh, really having that that one-two punch, and then you add Tobias Harris, who has really been – he's there. But he's I get there. it. Uh, but he, he's not <sighs> – he's not producing as 
as what we would need him to be. No, not really. Not really. I mean, for a number three and as much money as he's getting paid, uh, I expect more out of Tobias Harris. And I think for me, that's the most frustrating part about, you know, this entire team is probably Tobias Harris. I mean, with him, the Sixers are one of the most dominant teams in the NBA. But unfortunately, when he's not on, like, the Sixers struggle. Like, he's an important piece to the entire Sixers, you know, system. Yeah. And if if he doesn't produce, I mean, these games get harder, especially in the playoffs. Like, you need that production out of your number three. Yeah, he needs to be that guy. He's averaging 14.7 points. Um, it's, it's Joel, of course, 33. James Harden, 21. Tyrese Maxey, 20. And then Tobias Harris, 14. After that, it's you got Melton uh, bringing him a part of the, this team, McDaniels, um, House. I mean, he, he's got like 4.4. But can we talk about P.J. Tucker? Oh, P.J. Tucker, a player who this team has brought on um, to be like that guy that that beat the Sixers in the playoffs. Um, and his specialty is those corner threes. And he hit three in a row uh, against the Celtics. And that made me think maybe this guy is just born for clutch time. Maybe he is just, he lives for that clutch playing. Um, but 3.5 points he averages. Um, and that's maybe he gets, I saw a stat line of his. It was zero 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 down the line. Um, except for Venice, of course. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, it, it's just it, it's good that he's that veteran guy. He brings that ex uh, experience. Um, he does have talent. He is a talented shooter when he gets the ball. But uh, it's just this Sixers team is always just Joel Embiid, one other guy, and then the rest of them are kind of just scrubs who. The Sixers could have gotten way better. You look back at that season, the Sixers had Dario um, and uh, Covington yeah. and all, all those role-player guys who – just those Sixers, those Sixers, yeah, were just one piece away. And it seems like we say that now, and it's more like two pieces away. It's bench depth now um, after getting rid of um, the player that we – who? what's his name? Um, what was his name, T? What are you talking about? Seth Curry, uh, Andre, Dur- Andre no, Drummond? Mural in the city. Uh, Matisse oh, Thibel. How could I forget yeah. um, the once-loved player uh, uh, in I the city? You. Matisse Thibel wasn't producing. Um, and it looked, actually, that Furkan would be on the move before Matisse, but he, did um, he got out. Furkan uh, still here. Um, but just those bench players that... I feel like anyone could be playing the role, T. They're not impressive. No, they're not. And you know what? And I, I've been, we've we both been clamoring for a, a bench for this team for years. Honestly, they're not even just one piece away. They're really just a bench away. They're just a bench away yeah. from being a dominant team. And I don't understand why they're not allocating the necessary funds to building this bench, to getting some shooters up in here, getting some guys that can come off the bench and spark this team, put some points up and and give the starters a rest. I mean, that's the big thing. We talk about giving, you know, having Joel Embiid available for the postseason and healthy. Well, the only way you can do that is to get him a a viable backup that can put in some solid minutes and and get him a breather. Yeah. I mean, Dwayne Dedman, 
That's your backup? <laughs> that's, that doesn't inspire confidence yeah. in me. I'm just saying. Yep. Um, moving on to football because the Sixers had the one game left and then we can really get into playoff talk um, when Max is back on the show. Oh, boy. But with the Eagles, the drafts coming up to a lot of other teams have been – they've been making moves. How do you feel about the Eagles offseason so far uh, with the players uh, that they've acquired filling in? They brought back Darius Slay. They did lose C.J. Gardner-Johnson. They brought back – uh, Brad Barry as well. It felt to me that people were thinking that the Eagles lost more than what they actually did lose. Okay. Um, um, what did you think, T? I mean, they only lost CJ Garner Johnson, to be honest with you. Um, overall, I'm impressed. I, I got it. Once again, I got to give Howie his just due credit. I mean, going into the offseason, you know, especially after that devastating loss in the Super Bowl, I honestly thought there was no way in hell that the Philadelphia Eagles were going to be able to afford to bring some of these guys back. And because yep. of the fact that they had to, you know, discuss a contract for Jalen Hurts, and, and it's obviously deserved. So, like, how mm-hmm. in the hell are you going to be able to pay Jalen Hurts and then be able to pay all the rest of these guys? you know, the money that they want. And somehow in some way, you know, how he leveraged, allowed those guys to leverage themselves against the the free agent market. And it's worked out for the most part with the exception of CJ Garner Johnson, which, you know, his management ain't the best. I don't have time to get into that, but for the most part, for the most part, I'm impressed by what Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles have done. I mean, they've replenished the talent that, you know, they potentially could have lost. Also, well, you know, adding some young depth behind it. I mean, an underrated signing, Greedy Williams, a former second-round pick from Cleveland Browns. You know, they bring in Tremaine Edmonds, you know, safety from Pittsburgh. They bring in Rashad Penny to bring that power back, you know, element into the fold. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed. And I'm impressed so far. And the crazy part about it is, I mean, Howie Roseman still has cap room to make a move or two if he wants to. So this offseason, even with the draft coming up, it's not over. Yeah. Um, you know, the Eagles, they did lose more than just C.J. Gardner-Johnson. They, I think the biggest aside from him had to have been Hargrave, right? Yeah. Um, especially Hargrave's to him going to the San Francisco 49ers. Of course, he switched up real quick talking about how it would have been a different game. Yeah. Um, blah blah blah, he's all that to, stuff. Yeah, I get he's on his new team and stuff, but he should just shut up and uh <laughs> and enjoy the the new team and stop stop talking uh all that crap. But uh, linebackers really took a loss yeah. on the Eagles. Took a loss. Um, Epps, Edwards, um, Kazir White, um, they made the move, but yeah, they they brought back Boston Scott. They added um Edmonds, like you said, um the other guys you said, but. Marcus Mariota, which was very random, um, and Even very uh, and made us made us think of Chip Kelly once more. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Brandon Graham was re-signed, um, and there there was those little low key moves. T, but what are you looking at in the draft? Um, do you go with that running back? Do you go with Robinson, or do you? Because that to me is a little weird. I don't think the it would be in the Eagles' best for their future. 
um, to do that. Um, but what are you thinking? So <laughs> I'm thinking, so if I were to put my mind into what that upper organ organization is doing, I'm thinking that they're going to maneuver around in the draft, depending on how the draft flows. What I mean by that is I thought they were going to draft a corner, either Joey Porter Jr. or if Christian Gonzalez, you know, dropped in the draft. I thought they would have drafted a corner because in my mind I'm thinking there's no way in hell they can afford to bring back both the corners. Well, they did. So that eliminated a corner, you know, off the list. They don't, you know, safety, you can find a safety probably in late first round, early second round. You can find a safety then. So you're not going to draft a safety with 10th overall pick. Well, as you mentioned before, they just lost uh, Javon Hargrave. Yeah. Guess who's falling down the rankings? Jalen Carter. With, you know, a couple of, you know, out. And there, outside, there's off-field reasons issues. to that. Yes, there's a couple of off-the-field issues. However, the Eagles also made that mistake years ago with Warren Sapp. I highly doubt that if Jalen Carter drops to number 10, that this organization is going to make the same mistake again. I highly doubt it. It'd be stupid of them not to. If Jalen Carter is sitting right there at 10, to hell with the running back. Take the best damn defensive lineman in the draft. Worry about the percussions later. He's a kid. Kids make, listen, people make mistakes. It's not, it yep. wouldn't be the first time that the Philadelphia Eagles took a gamble on somebody. This kid has generational talent. And then to pair him up next to Jordan Davis again and with Nicobe Dean. Oh my God. Are you kidding yeah. me? Listen, um, yeah, of course, mistakes are made. Uh, we can't really talk uh, about that because we don't know the full story, right. uh, of course, and, and the legal issues with that, everyone affected. Of course, we're talking about the game of football um, when we bring this up. And if if Jalen Carter comes in and he does his job and he excels at his position, that stuff, um, you know, once it's taken care of legally, that's all in the rearview mirror. Correct. Yeah. And that's the big yeah, thing. It, that's the big thing, man. Like, uh, look, off the field issues, yes, it, it, you know, they happen, they, they come up. I, I, I think that this organization is a top end organization from top, top to bottom, and I believe that we have enough leaders in that locker room to kind of keep the keep the young fella in check and let them know, hey, you know, this is the way we do things over here. There's a certain status, there's a certain you know expectation to being a Philadelphia Eagle. And if you're going to be a Philadelphia Eagle, this is what you're going to have to do. This is the line that you're going to have to walk. So I'm not worried about yeah. a Jalen Carter coming up in here and, we- and wondering whether or not he's going to succeed or not. I know he's going to. If everything works out the way you want it to, T, um, list the order of positions you're going for if you're drafting for the Eagles. Uh, right. First round on. If everything went according to the way I wanted to go, Jalen Carter would come off the board at number 10. Um and either Jameer Gibbs or somehow in some way, if he does drop this far, Benjamin Robinson with that 30th pick, or if you got to trade up, do what you got to do. I mean, you're talking about two talented running backs coming out of this year's draft and they're both, they're both different in, in ways. But what the, the one thing that they have that I absolutely love. And the one thing that used to piss me off about Miles Sanders is the fact that they will hit the hole and they will hit the hole hard. They're not going to play around. They're not going to jump around the hole. They're not going to do that. They're going to hit the hole hard, you know, get whatever yards that they can. 
And for me, that ball carrier vision, especially behind this offensive line, who are automatically going to create holes just about damn near every play, especially with the addition of you standing next to Jalen Hurts in the backfield, there's going to be holes that you can take advantage of. Now, all that really running, all that running back really has to do is just run through them. Don't play around. Run through it. All right. Yeah. So you're saying right now, D line running back. D line um, running back does. Does linebacker safety come up next day? Definitely linebacker and safety's gotta come up. You've gotta you've gotta address the linebacker in the safety position. Um, you know, you could draft a young guy to kind of develop in the ropes, the same thing you did with N'Kobe Dean. Um, right now you got two open positions at safety, the way I see it. And you're gonna need well, look with Edmonds, maybe one. So I would I would feel that I would try to fill that with a young guy, maybe bring in a veteran or trade for a veteran. Um, that way. And then my next, my next position I would address, I, I have to address the offensive line because I do have to replace Isaac Siamalo. But the thing of it is the reason why it replacing Isaac Siamalo. So bottom on my list is because whatever guard that you draft, that guard has the benefit of sit, of sitting in between two future hall of famers. You have yeah. a center, you have all, you have an all pro center future hall of famer to the left of you. And then to the right of you, you have the most dominant right tackle in the game today that hasn't given up a sack in over two years. So I'm not worried about whatever guard that they put there because that guard's going to be ready. Not to mention the fact that the Eagles have a history of developing linemen effectively. So linemen's probably the last thing on my list, but it is a need. All right. Yeah, uh, these, these young guys coming in are very, very lucky. Uh, to be working with these veteran guys that have been here. Um, even even to be working with Jalen Hurts, like Marcus Mariota is a veteran, I guess, considered now. Yeah. And, and him working with Jalen Hurts, I mean, that's got to – I feel like that, even though he – you know, what, what else does he have to learn at this point and for what? But uh, they can really help each other out. Oh, yeah. Um, Marcus Mariota can give Jalen Hurts some insight because – Mariota, not as mobile, um, of course, but he he is that quick kind of quarterback when he was on the Titans, um, and especially in Oregon. Um, yes. He was on the top of the world. Um, but going to the in the running back room, you have Penny, who, who's hungry. He he wants to um, he wants to take over, and that's going to be a challenge for him, and that he's going to have competition with these young guys coming in yep. Yep. to help them out. But like you're talking about with the linemen. These guys have been around. They've seen it all. They've been to, um, they've been to two Super Bowls now. They have so much experience. This whole team, uh, these young guys are very lucky, and uh, I think the Eagles can be very lucky with the young guys that are coming in out of this draft. And that draft will be April twenty seventh through the 29th. Can't wait. Um, T, are you going to be on uh, WIP at all for any of that? I will not be on W. Actually, um, I. I... So let me think. I'm trying to think about my schedule. I don't think I may be. You know what? Yes. So I won't be on during the draft, but I will be working the overnight shift after the first round. So if you want to talk to your boy, I mean, I'm just right. saying, you can talk to me about <laughs> get on the air. Sounds good. Talk about yeah. the first round. Pick. Maybe around, maybe around the Eagles pick, we can go live. Um, I know I will be over in Pittsburgh. Um, not sure yet what I'll be doing. Um, exactly. I think I'm going to catch a pirates game, uh, during that time in the daytime. Cause you know, that's 
Pittsburgh is the closest uh, real big city, sports city around here now. I'll tell you that I'm over <laughs> in West Virginia. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to how this Eagles team can kind of come back from those losses that we mentioned and really try to make their way back to where they were. It's going to be harder, much yeah. more difficult of a schedule. Definitely. Um, they, you know, those opposing teams, they've gotten better. Yep. Um, just like the Eagles have added that depth. And they've been adding depth, but there hasn't really been an addition where I'm like, all right, sweet, this guy is on the money. It's all right, I'll see how he does. I'm not going to hate it or like it yet. Just just wait. Um, yep. I, I, I... – we traded for Gardner Johnson, you know, pretty much during the preseason, yeah. right before the season started. So, if you think Howie and the Philadelphia Eagles are out of it, and they don't, even if you think they don't know that they need to address certain positions, oh, trust me, they know. I'm just sitting back and I'm patient. I have yeah. that much confidence in this team and in this organization. They're going to figure it out. I sure hope so. And that's going to wrap up this episode of the Philly Experience Podcast. Thank you guys for sticking with with us. It, it's been a while. Uh, we've been running our own life, trying to get our schedule back. But eventually, we'll have a schedule, and and hopefully, we'll be able to produce more episodes um, on a weekly basis um, or biweekly, uh, depending on how we work things out. But I'm looking forward to it, T. Oh yeah, definitely. I miss doing this with you. Not gonna lie. Let, nope. <clears throat> let me see if I remember how to do this. It's been a while. Tanner, let me let me let me just get my get my stuff together. Go right on ahead. If you have missed any of this episode, you can always go to Philly Dash Experience. That's simplecast.com. Available on all major downloadable platforms. I still got it. I still got it. There it is. Listen to our stuff. Mason Glorio. Damn! We got our ass kicked. Surprise, motherfucker. Eagle shit on me.